So here we are again, Wes, for another episode of Coffee Pods. How are you doing? Yeah, doing really well. Looking forward to this one. I love this story. It's absolutely, um, it lives for me every time I look at it. Yeah, there is so much uh, going on in this story um, where we actually should tell you which story we're looking at. Um, We're looking at the story where uh, the woman at Simon's house washes Jesus's feet with her hair. Um, And this is, you know, a lot of I remember in youth work, this would be the story where we would go through it and then we would wash one another's feet. And I'm sure you've probably done that in your churches too. (laughs) Uh, We're not going to be washing each other's feet today, but we are going to be chatting through this story together and trying to keep it within sort of 20 minutes. (laughs) Um, But Wes, um, as usual, could you just share your heart behind the story and sort of why we're looking at it? All the series, Lisa, has been about coming to Jesus. And I'm interested, as I've said before, in in how people come and why people come. But then, of course, alongside that, there are all the other actors in the play who are watching. And so it's, it's, in a sense, the fact that we have the stories is because somebody knew it and saw it and whatever. And this story is particularly loaded with some cultural sort of um, references and things that as Western Christians, we miss, we just wouldn't see it. Um, and so I love the fact that as I have uh, discovered and looked at the story and found out what Eastern people think as they read this, and you think, oh my word, isn't Jesus amazing? But then I look at the woman and I think, wow, what did this do for you? So that's how I sort of came to this. Because I don't know about you, Lisa, um, but I you know, I often, it's very easy, isn't it, to wonder what Jesus is thinking about you. <laughs> you know, you know. have you ever tried to second guess people and you think, what, what are you really thinking? But I love the fact that Jesus does something so incredibly transformative for this lady. Something's happened. And, and I want that in my own life, but I also want it as part of Acorn's ministry. So that's how I got to the story. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, there's a few points that we're going to bring out through this podcast um, together, but also over Acorn Christian Live, where we've been looking at this, um, you've mentioned um, that the Pharisee, so that Simon was a Pharisee and that Jesus was coming around for dinner um, and that I would say maybe the um, religious ceremonies were not there for Jesus when he arrived um and and so maybe he was seen as unclean and now this brings open a, a you know a whole uh, box of things doesn't it really because um this interaction with the woman uh, was probably seen in the same way she was probably seen as unclean in what she was doing um can we expand a little bit about this maybe you you brought out guilt and shame didn't you in in Acorn Christian live yeah and um I mean, before I just move on to the the, the narrative, uh, psychologists will tell you that guilt and shame are among the self-critical emotions that we have. It's where we look at our own uh, conduct, attitudes, behavior, and uh, we criticize ourselves, uh, not necessarily consciously, but we feel a something. Um, and, and can I just say right now that Jesus never, ever, ever, ever used guilt and shame to get people to do things. 
you know, isn't it great? I mean, if he ever had a chance, Sermon on the Mount, he could say to the disciples, now listen, Wednesday's going to be really brilliant. Sermon on the Mount, make sure you're there. Make sure you're in the front row. Don't miss it. Don't be late. Otherwise, you're really going to, you know, doesn't use any of that. And so, in fact, in the scriptures, God is always about covering shame and forgiving guilt, not, not exposing it. So yeah. what I saw in this story was even a little bit of the replay of Adam and Eve, as I mentioned in the in Acorn Christian Live, you know, the, the two emotions that they feel right at the beginning are guilt and shame. You know, that's why we hide. It's why we hide from one another. It's why we hide from having the conversation with people that we need to. It's why we hide from God. And it's why we often hide in other things, because we have to find a way of silencing the voices of our guilt and shame. So you understand then that this, this woman, as she comes and, and what she's seen, um, Simon was duty bound to give a visiting rabbi, not just the meal, but the traditional greetings of honor, you know, being greeted with a kiss, uh, being uh, offered uh, water and a towel for his feet to be washed and refreshed and the uh, fragrance of oil, uh, of perfume uh, on him. And in a sense, you wonder why Simon invited him because he just clearly doesn't like him, you know. But it's probably so that he could, he was going to try and take apart Jesus' teaching and his ministry. The woman observes this and she does for him in humility what Simon refuses to do for Jesus in honor. And, and, and we're introduced into the, conf, into that, the connection between Jesus and the woman um, through this, the, the things that she does. She wets his feet with her tears and wipes them with her hair, um, as I explained in the service. But then Jesus announcing over her a clean life that is no longer dominated by the guilt and shame of the past. And I just think, what did she feel? I mean, everybody knows that she's, you know, a prostitute, a, a, a woman of, um, of low virtue, as my mother would say. But here is the most holy man she's ever, ever experienced. And he is saying, you can have God's shalom right now because of your faith in me. And you know, this, I mean, people looked at this woman for wrong reasons. Um, but from this moment on, just think about how they're going to look at her. Yeah. Oh, Maybe my. Oh, mm. You know, the, the prophet has said over her, you're okay. You're okay with God and you're okay with that. And, and of course, by doing this, Jesus restores her back into community. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there are some. I talked to a friend, uh, Lisa, who said that uh, her husband rather sadly left her. And when the grief was over, uh, she said one of the things she realized that all the friends that they had as couples, and they went out for dinner and they went on holiday together and did all things, that she didn't get invited to those things anymore. And I said, do you know why? She said, yes, I do. She said, because the other wives now viewed me as a threat to their husbands because I didn't have one. And she was heartbroken because she lost not only her husband, but she lost a f whole family network as well. 
Yeah, and that could be so true for so many people, can't it? Yeah. Um, there were two. There were also two things that came out of that interaction with Jesus and the lady that I found really encouraging. Um, the first was wondering what we have available that we can bring before God. Um, you know, she she brought mm-hmm. perfume. She used her hair and her tears, and that's just so humbling. And it made me wonder what what we can bring before God. Um, you know, to, to come into his presence. And then the other thing as well, I was thinking, um, I can somewhat understand um, those sort of religious ceremonies uh, for, for people coming into, uh, in this case, Simon's house, because I think we do that too still today. Um, like just like even an example, like if you know you've got people coming over for dinner, you're going to, welcome them really nicely you're going to make sure everything's tidy there's no mess your house is like the best it can possibly be um and then as I was thinking about that I was like but God knows like we can tidy up our house as much as we want we can put on all the nice welcomes and the goodbyes and things like that but God knows our hearts doesn't he and I think that's what's so amazing with this woman is she just brings what she has and God knows who she is and God knows her heart. And I find that incredibly healing. Mm. I, I mean, you're right. And, and of course, the question is, how do we welcome Jesus into the heart home, the life mm. home that we have? Mm. I was going to ask you a question. As a woman, as you hear the story, how do you, how do you see that? Because this is a really a male dominated mm. culture. What was it like? Yeah, I think reading it and hearing it, um, uh, now I, I am a woman, not a, a child, I, I do get that sense of this is very male-dominated um, mm. and it feels like a lot of it is about uh, status and and power. Um, but what is so warming about it is Jesus doesn't see any, he doesn't see any difference between mm. her and anybody else who was there and himself. Like, he's incredibly welcoming um to her and and i find that that very warming as a woman yeah yeah because yeah. i i find it in, in that challenging and i i mean i've experienced it in, in a sense as a man but I, I think um i know my wife mary says you know that for a woman even in church it can be you know even if it's not intended it's a thing mm. but I, I i think the interesting thing is that the system was designed to humiliate her. Yeah. And Jesus doesn't do that. Not at all. And, and even in, in one part of the story, which I didn't bring out in the service, um, there's a lovely moment when Jesus says to Simon, Simon, I have something to tell you. And that's when he unfolds the parable of you know the two debtors. Mm. And, um, and, and Simon misses the fact that Jesus is also calling him a debtor. It's really, it's really <laughs> beautiful. You know, Simon could see this woman is a debtor, yeah. but he doesn't see himself in that category. And mm. I think that's often what gives us prejudice about others, that we tend to think that we can be and we are better than they are. Mm. But of course, Jesus says there are two debtors. He could have said there is one debtor, yeah. you know, but he picks two. But then Jesus says to him, Simon, I have something to tell you, which is a Jewish way of saying, I want a word with you. And and it's a very loaded statement. It actually means I have something to tell you that you're not going to like, but I'm going to tell you anyhow. And then Jesus does the thing that culturally you would not do. 
he talks to Simon, but he doesn't look at him. He looks at the woman. Now, bear in mind, this woman has come behind Jesus, so she doesn't, she, he can't see her. He, he does, she cannot behold his face because of her past. She doesn't feel like that. And then can you imagine Jesus? He has to physically move from his left elbow and he has to turn around with Simon over here on one side, but the woman is, he's looking at her. He's looking in her eyes. He's talking to her. And what does she feel? I mean, it's just incredible that this rabbi now is not only breaking the, the, the traditions of holiness in sense of saying righteousness is, it looks like this, but he's now talking to her, yeah. but actually he's talking to a woman. And he talk, but he's talking to Simon, you know, and I love the fact that he, in this whole process, he just keeps speaking again and again of the grace and the love and the forgiveness and the mercy of God. And of course, like the thing for me is that the, the woman, I don't know how she did it, but she's obviously had a this connection. She's heard Jesus speak. I don't know if she talked to him. I don't know if she just overheard, but it changed her. And she said, God, I want to be like that. I want to be clean and free and you know, and then Jesus says, yep, you are. Yeah, yeah. I, re I really love that because, it, again, it goes back to our, our own guilt and shame or even yeah. the guilt and shame that people might be holding over us. Um, yeah. And I think that the enemy likes to hold us in that place of feeling guilty, feeling shameful um, and yeah. somewhat a victim in some cases. And, and you mentioned, didn't you, in Acorn Christian Live that, there's these videos that just keep replaying in our lives and in our minds. And that can be really harmful. But what Jesus has done here is he's just like, just disregarded all that. And he's just yeah. saying, no, like, I love yeah. you. Yeah. Mm. And, and, you know, our guilt and shame, whether it's things we've done or things done to us has this habit of replaying and biting back at us. Yeah. And, I, and I just like the fact that Jesus just ejects the DVD and says, <laughs> we're, not do we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, I mentioned the hymn writer who talks about breaking the power of cancelled sin, that Jesus deals with sin on the cross for us. And actually for us now, we come into that and say, okay, I can have that. That's how God regards me. And so I was interested in how, um, the difference then between the conviction of the Holy Spirit when he comes to me and says, Wes, let's, let's talk about this. We, we ought to just get a change here. And he never does it in such a way that says, Wes, we need to change and we know you're not going to make it yeah. because you're basically a terrible, pathetic person. The Holy Spirit comes and says, Wes, we found some place where some change needs to take place. Let's talk about it and let's get it done. Whereas the condemnation that I bring on myself and maybe others bring on me, and certainly, you know, Satan brings on us as well, is you're like this. You've always been like this. You are always going to be like this. And there is no point you thinking any different about yourself. You are just hopeless. And I love that Jesus comes in and says, no, <laughs> not playing that game anymore. And, and I love the announcement that he's done over my own life to say, Wes, you can live free. You can be forgiven and restored and renewed. And I love that for this woman, I mean, you know, she clearly is known for one thing and Jesus just changes it. I think it's beautiful. In an instant as well, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes it, for many, it is a journey, uh, you know, but also yeah, it can happen in an instant encounter. Um, so we'll probably need to start wrapping up, but 
for those who we're ministering to or if we're receiving prayer ministry for I maybe would say forgiveness is there is there a prayer we can pray or is there how how would you approach uh, praying for forgiveness or freedom from guilt and shame well I remember when I first uh, really encountered Jesus, I remember simply saying, God, I'm really sorry about what I've become. And I, I, I want a new start and I, I, please forgive me. And I, I remember adding this bit of the prayer and God, if there's anything you can do with a life like mine, then please come and try. Please come and do it. And what I would say is if we're journeying with people like that, I would first of all recognize that God is hoping you're going to come, not wishing you won't, but he's hoping yeah. you will. And that he has already done everything, got everything ready for you to come and unload the guilt and shame and say, God, I did this or this happened to me. And to tell your story to God and maybe at the same time to someone else as they listen. I, I've received people's stories and it's as they've told me, Lisa, it's been, I knew that they regarded me as an agency of God, that they were giving it to me and I was going to take it to God and he was going to deal with it. And because they'd given it to me, they didn't have it anymore. And I think that's what, in a sense, confession used to be like, but actually it's when we tell our story honestly and we and and even with somebody else, and we say, and God, I need to leave this and give this to you, and I I want to live again. Please forgive my past, and give me faith and hope for what is to come. And so I think they're the sort of things that we can do. I think understanding your your welcome, God is hoping you're they're going to be there. He's already got everything ready for you to just leave the DVD with Him, and He'll give you a new story. And I think that hope that there's a new story for your life in that, that shape like Jesus is just wonderful. Thank you. And something you asked um, in Acorn Christian Life of us is where, where am I in this story? Um, and that might be a helpful thing um, as we just come to a time of prayer, maybe trying to identify yourself in that story and not getting caught up in that, but realizing obviously what you've just said that there is a new life and there's a new story. Um, yeah. So, yeah, will you pray for us, please, Wes? I, I will indeed. Uh, by the way, the story is in Luke chapter 7, verse 36 oh, through you. to 50. So take a look at that. Let's mm-hmm. pray. Father, thank you that you never left me as you found me. Mm-hmm. Lord, when you found me, it was that you might not only rescue me and clean me up but lord you would transform my life and father that's true for us all lord thank you that you never leave us with our guilt and our shame lord it's always been placed onto the life of jesus and he took it to the cross and there he just killed it off that we might live again that i might live in a new life so father for my brothers and sisters today, listening at home, driving the car, on the train with earpods in. God, I thank you that right now we can bring that replaying history that causes us these feelings, these shame and guilt feelings, 
and we can say, Lord, please forgive me and take this and let me live again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. Thank you, Wes, for another great discussion. And uh, we hope Thank to you. catch you guys soon. Bye. Bye. We hope that you found this week's episode of Coffee Pods helpful and inspirational. If you like what you're listening to, please give us a like and share. We'll catch you soon.